Brad is a bad person, is looking for an editor. Working with a small and very laid-back team, we need someone who shares our sense of humour to help take our raw recordings and turn them into the magic that we release every fortnight. Audio editing experience is absolutely not essential, but a willingness to learn and an ear for detail are. If this sounds like you or someone you know, please get in touch with us at bradisabadperson at gmail.com. Now enough from me, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Welcome to Brad is a Bad Person. We've been talking about philosophy this season. We started with a few episodes on ethics, but we've moved on to broader topics in philosophy. And today we'll be talking about free will and determinism. Uh, as a reminder, this season Brad is completely in the dark on the topic before we press record, so he'll be giving his first thoughts and initial reactions to the matter. My name is Morgan and I'll be your host for this episode. I'm joined by Brad, who is a bad person, and Lachlan, who honestly isn't much better. How are we, fellas? <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. Yeah. Actually, that's a lie. I'm not well. I'm coming down with a cold. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> uh, we'll press on. All right, Brad. Uh, before we before we get into it, I just want to point out uh, this episode is about Free Will, not Free Willy, the movie about uh, Orca at SeaWorld. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for spoiling Morgan's movie review. Ah, uh... <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I'm like, I bet you Morgs has picked his <laughs> Free Willy as the movie review. I'm actually, I'm actually not that clever. I didn't think of that. So. Uh... No, I, I did a different movie, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a pretty heavy topic, so I'm trying to structure it in a way that we can uh, get through it without it being too heavy. So. Uh, we're going to talk about whether free will exists, then we're going to talk about the implications of that for morality and for the justice system, then we'll talk about whether uh, you're able to predict the future, if determinism is true, and then uh, whether a belief or lack of belief on f- of free will should affect your day-to-day decision-making. So, we'll start it up. Does free will exist, Brad? I would, I would say yes. All right, cool. Lachlan? Oh, yep. your mind is going to be changed. <laughs> Free will exists. Change my mind. I'm I'm very I'm very on the fence. I I honestly cannot decide whether I agree with determinism or not. Okay, no. Brad. So determinism is the idea that everything in the uh, 
universe is determined by cause and effect and everything's determined by the physical world. So there's no immaterial uh, anything. So every single thing that happens is because it was caused by something in the past. And therefore, it, it means that the future is laid out in a way that uh, everything is going to happen one specific way. Do you know what I mean by that, Brent? So there's not like a branching path. It's just like this affects this, so this will happen. So A affects B, so C will happen. Yeah, C affects D, every, so everything. E1. Everything in the universe is like a robot. It just feeds from inputs and then it gives outputs based on that. So there's yeah, no. It's, it's not so much. It's not so much A leads to B. It's A, B, C, D, E, and F lead to G. Okay. So a good way of thinking of it is that you may think that you can. Um, make decisions, but mm-hmm. you are not actually making decisions. Everything that's happened in your life, your biology and your, uh, you know, environment has mm-hmm. meant that in this situation, when you make the decision, there was no other decision you could make because of everything that happened up until that point. Do you agree with that, Lachlan, that assessment of... <sighs> no. <laughs> but do you agree with my uh, explanation? That's what determines... Oh, yes. Yes, that's what determinism yes, mm. is. Yeah, uh, in its most base explanation, it's cause and effect. Everything is cause and effect. Right. Okay. How do you feel about that, Brad? <laughs> I still think it's uh, it's kind of nonsense. I think it, it makes it sort of makes sense on a macro scale when you're talking about billions of years, I guess, with the universe, like like on a huge scale. But I I don't think day to day lives like in a real micro scale that makes any sense whatsoever. I disagree. Okay. I think I think it makes less sense on a macro scale. No, I'm just thinking like, okay, so inevitably the universe is expanding or whatever, you know. The planet will burn out, die, blah blah blah, burst back into life, etc. You know. Like dinosaurs people were like it's gonna happen. But I mean like in a day to day life, there's nothing from toy stopping me from grabbing a knife and stabbing a bloke. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um sorry to take over a little bit here, Morgs, but I think it's very important to point out the difference between determinism and fatalism. <laughs> Okay, I don't know what either so, is. Keep going. Okay, so we're, we're talking about determinism, which is uh, the theory that uh, consciousness is predetermined, um, whereas fatalism is about like fate and destiny. Like everything is already decided. There's no other path that can be taken. Okay, uh, which is what you're talking about, I think. All right, so I'm sort of I'm struggling to see a real difference between. The yeah, two. I I I actually didn't want to talk about fatalism because I couldn't. I couldn't pick them apart. I was reading something. Fatalism is saying, like, if you, um, like, a, a fatalist will say, like, regardless of what I do, something else is going to happen. So, like, there was this example oh. that somebody says, you know, somebody is injured and they say, well, whether I go to the hospital or not, I'm going to live. Or whether I go to the hospital or not, I'm going to die. Like, yeah. there's no there's no need for me to do anything because what is supposed to happen will actually happen. That's right. If I'm supposed to be a millionaire, I don't have to work for it because it will happen whether I do or not. Oh, wow. That is a ballsy play, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> See how it plays out? That's, that's what fatalism is. Yeah. Um, determinism is more that your decisions are based on are based entirely on factors that you have no control over. Okay, so biologically I'm not going, like I'm predispositioned to never stab someone. So I'm not going to end up a criminal. Well, so the the I think my issue with fatalism was it just seems like determinism with like a, a missing step. Because if you were to ask a determinist mm. and a fatalist about the past, they would both say the same thing. They would say, "Oh, well, there's no way anything else could have happened. That was what was supposed to happen." It's just yeah. if you asked a fatalist in advance, they 
presumably would have to have some prediction power, like this is definitely going to happen, and therefore it doesn't matter what happens in the middle. Whereas a terminus will say, this is exactly what's going to happen, and it's because of all these steps in the middle. So it's just, it just seems kind of reductive to the same thing to me. What do you think okay. about that, Lachlan? Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, so I, I didn't really like that. I mean, it, it the only way you can be a fatalist and not a determinist is to say that you have some sort of prediction power. Because, I mean, otherwise you're yep. just talking about hypotheticals. There there has to be, to believe in fatalism, you, I think you have to believe in some sort of higher power, uh, quite literally controlling everything. Yes. Like uh, m- completely micromanaging every aspect of the universe. Quite a quite an effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Lachlan, can you tell me what your uh, issue is with determinism, why you're not completely sold on it, why you're still on the fence about Free will. Look, I I agree with the notion that people's decisions and actions they they make these decisions, carry out these actions because of what's happened to them in their past, their their environment, their biology, all that sort of thing. Um, I agree with that, but at the same time, I I don't know. I feel like there's still you still make the decision based on those factors. Right. Well, are you, well, do you even exist? Is your consciousness an illusion? Like, are you just uh, going along for the ride in your head and you think you're That's in control the other of thing. everything, but really. I think, I think a lot of determinist arguments are based on the idea that, uh, the conscious, conscience, consciousness even yeah yeah that's the one consciousness and the brain are separate from each other whereas i would say that consciousness is in the brain it's part of the brain are you talking about dualism like descartian dualism i don't know what that is but perhaps right well rene descartes wanted to make the distinction between the mind and the brain it's like the, Mm. the brain is actually the thing with all the the matter in it and all the neurons and stuff going on but your mind is separate and there is a relationship between the brain and the mind but they are distinct things and i think a determinist would usually say uh, everything that's going on is going on in your brain and therefore the feeling that you have some mind that's separate from your brain and that they're not you know 100 percent the same that feeling is an illusion that's just like a, a trick yes yes i would agree with that i i agree that that's what they're saying but i disagree with that idea Right. Well, aren't you a very strict uh, atheist on this? I don't see how you can think there's anything immaterial about the world. Surely an atheist would say that everything is physical and everything is cause and effect and there's no you know, ghost in the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is. But that, that's that's what I'm saying. The mind is a product of the brain. Um, a lot of the... Uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but the experiments they do to like prove determinism where they they hook people up to an fmri and mm. get them to press left or right button and they say they can they can see from their brain what they're going to choose before their mind has decided what they're going to choose right that's that's where that's where i it's sort of you know i trip over on that that seems to me like they're saying that the mind and the brain are two different things. Well, I think they're saying that the mind is an illusion, that it doesn't actually exist. It's just a trick. It's just part of, uh, you know, I don't know, evolution. Or... If, that's, if that's what they're saying, how can they be claiming to measure that the mind has made a decision then? Well, I think they're they're saying that the decision is made before you're consciously aware that the decision is made. Therefore, it happened at some subconscious level of your brain. And now your conscious brain is rationalizing it 
after the fact and saying, yeah, I chose that, but really it, it was it was actually chosen by, you know, determinism, I guess. I think that's more just, uh, you know latency between neurons firing <laughs> yeah that's why really? that's why i didn't really like the um those studies because it just seemed like they they wait till the person reports that they've made the decision but surely there's a delay in there um, that's right that's right it's you know the electrical signal getting from their brain to their eyes and then to their mouth to say yes i'm choosing this one yeah and there's there's no telling that they couldn't have um changed their mind there and you know that's right done it and I think the I think the biggest delay that they measured was like ten milliseconds, which is nothing. It's uh, one one hundredth of a second. I feel like we're leaving Brad out of this conversation because we've <laughs> we've had time to study this, and of course, Brad comes into these episodes dark. So, uh, Brad, I'll ask you do Do you think you have consciousness, or do you think it's an illusion? Um, oh god, <laughs> I have a feeling I'll be quiet for a lot of this episode. Uh, don't mind me. <laughs> First episode check. of Brad is a quiet person. Yeah, Brad is a quiet person. <laughs> uh, the way I sort of feel about it is that the mind is a byproduct of the brain. Yeah, if well, that makes sense. Yeah, like um, you can't have one without the other. Obviously, okay. Uh, yeah, and if someone gets brain damage, that's a physical damage, but it still yeah, affects their it affects their mind, non-physical yeah. mind. Yeah, does that? mean that it i don't think it's an illusion by any stretch of the imagination i think that it's a, a mechanism for you to process uh everything that's presented to you but i don't think that that means you're determined like you're predetermined or de- i don't think that proves determinism if you know what i mean like, i don't agree with determinism at all all right well i don't agree with determinism at all no not really i i just you completely refute it no yeah exactly i don't think that there's any way to predict what anyone's gonna do i don't think that we're set on a on a a path from the moment we're born to the moment we die there's this that's well no that's not it, that's not what determinist a determinist is. wouldn't say i can predict what you're going to do next they're just saying whatever you do do next that was determined by um your biology and your environment and it yeah, got so to you, the point you, where you're set on a path from the moment you're born to the moment you die no 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 no. that's, that's fatalism no, no, it's they're it's, both the same fucking thing, from what I can tell. No, they're not. They're not the same thing. <laughs> they both sound. I just exactly explained the difference. The, no, you didn't. You said no, the same I thing think, in two I different ways. I think they're basically the same thing. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's that's a problem that uh, a lot of people run into with determinism is that it, uh, it sounds like, and, and I guess it would have to be the case that it that you've already got a life plan laid out for you not not necessarily but whatever happens was going to happen and there was no way you could affect it which doesn't seem uh you know intuitively that doesn't seem right like for example we're all recording this podcast now it's saying that you know the reason uh you showed up on time brad and you know thanks for that and everything is that (laughs) there were there was stuff going on in your brain that you can't control and the fact that we're even recording a podcast at all that was due to earlier stuff in our life and the environment. And it's just like, there was actually no decisions that any of us have made along the way. It was just like, we're a robot. We've got inputs and then we, we give outputs and we've got this hardware that that we were born with. And that's, you know, uh, being upgraded and, you know, hopefully upgraded and everything. So, um, that, yeah, everything's just a product of, uh, the inputs that we're given and the hardware that we're, born with so we're really just sophisticated robots in that sense you don't agree with that brad no okay <laughs> no like <laughs> from what I... so you don't think you don't think your 
past experiences or your environment have any bearing over the decisions that you make? No. Your experiences and everything shape who you are as a person. It doesn't mean that there's no free will. Uh, what I what I think I'm struggling with here is it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm born and does determinism say, oh, look... Uh, Based on the inputs and outputs that this person, that their potential, he's going to end up as a plumber or something like. That. Is that what nah. they say? Okay. Nah. Then. Well, kinda. Yeah. What, that's what's like, the like, issue there, Luca? The the issue there is they're not trying to tell the future. They're trying to. No. Okay. So after he's died, they look back and they go, based on everything, this guy was always going to be a plumber. Yes. That's, that's what they say. You would have to agree with that, Luca. Right? If you were to say. Someone, if you look back at someone in history, like uh, mm-hmm. you know Benny Franklin, like why didn't he become president? It's like, well, he couldn't have become president because he didn't. Like there, that decision wasn't that wasn't laid out for him. That just, you know what I mean? There's just, I think, I, I, I think you, you saying that wasn't laid out for him. That's yeah, it sounds sort of <sighs> destiny. You're trying to, yeah, exactly. It sounds like destiny and fate and all that sort of thing. It. Okay, no, no, okay, so... It took me a long time, took me a long time to wrap my head around Not saying destiny or fate or anything, we're just saying his potential never had him at anything other than a... It's not about potential. Okay. No, it's like saying... Potentially he could have been anything. But once, once a life has happened, like, so this, uh, I've listened to a lot of stuff about free will and determinism this week, as you can imagine, and uh, Sam Harris talks about free will a lot, he wrote a book about it, and his, his suggestion is, like, when something happens... If you were to rewind the clock, so you were to put every single thing in the universe back into the position it was when you made that decision, would you be able to make another decision? Would you make another, like a difference? Uh, could you? Yeah. Even could, even could, could you, you? Like if Not would you, could you? Um, because like every single quark in the universe, every single particle yeah. or whatever, is yeah. exactly the same position as it was. Yeah, and now we're going to press play again, and then it's yeah, your, your time. knowledge is the same. Yeah, your everything was exactly the same. The same so. Yeah, um, that's a probably. Look, I think you would probably make the same. That's it, the it, thing. That's the what same decision. Yeah. Says. If we're going to run this, run this thing like a million times, and you, that's exactly that's yeah. what I was about to say. Determinism says that if you run the exact same situation ten times, you'll make all the ten same. times. You will make the exact same decision. Okay. That seems like a better way to explain it than all the yeah, other shit okay. you guys just said. Well, Lachlan can edit out all the stuff we've been talking about so no, far. No, 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 no. That <laughs> could be our in. explanation of determinism, and then we all sound smart and on the same page. And uh, <laughs> it, So this this determinist view, it, it appeals to me in a way because it's saying every single thing is based on the physical world and what actually exists and, uh, you know, everything that's measurable and quantifiable and that it's all based on inputs and stuff. And, uh, Lachlan, I think you've done a bit of coding and stuff. I've had to do a lot of yeah. uh, maths programming for uh, uni and work and stuff. And when you type something in and you press, uh, you run it and try to get your uh, the output you wanted, if it doesn't give you the output, you can't just keep, you know, running it until, you know, you can't just run it again because it's yep. the exact same program it's with gonna the exact give you same, the same inputs. Thing over and over it's going to give you the exact same output. So it's just, you, know, you have to go back and change something. And the determinist says that because of the way time works, you know, time is linear, presumably, you can't actually go back and change it. So if you were to roll back to the point just before I press run on that computer program, then, you know, of course it would give the same output because it had the same inputs. Hmm. That is uh, mighty bleak. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> I would say that uh, that's us trying to rationalize stuff that we don't understand. I, I still don't agree with it. I, I don't think that 
But do you not agree with it because you don't want to agree with it? I think that's- no, no, I, I don't agree with it because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you break it down into that one little thing, like would you make the same decision in the same circumstances, roll back time? I would like to say I probably would. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. If you it's a like if it's say. a good decision, but that being said, it might be a bad decision, and I, you know, I might not make the same decision. I don't know. It it, it just seems like if you you're trying to bring a deck to this one little scenario, like would you make it the same decision every? Over the one decision, if you were able to roll it back just to that point, yeah. would you make that one decision over and over again? But then you make it, you make millions upon millions of decisions in your lifetime. Yeah, there is no way that you could have a preset number like you like something trivial, for example, a toast or cereal for breakfast or something like that. You roll that back a million times, I'll probably split it fifty fifty, and that just <laughs> defeats the purpose of determinism. No, 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 right no, there. no, 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 no. So in that. In that exact situation, okay, the determinist view is that, say, you got up this morning, you had toast for breakfast, yep. right, instead of cereal. Yes. The determinist view is that you made the decision to have toast mm-hmm. purely based on factors that you have no control over, okay? Yeah. So, maybe, you know, you didn't have milk. Maybe the cereal box was further away than the packet of bread. Yeah, well, I'm... maybe your your body was craving carbs instead of like sugary cocoa pops or whatever. Okay, it... that's that's determinism. Yeah, and I'm telling you that. So you, I had, you made I the had decision. both milk and I had the craving for both carbs. <laughs> and think you rolled that play back, and I'm going to tell you, like I'll split it fifty fifty each time. Doesn't that <laughs> no. just defeat fucking? Determinism right there? You can't say that though. You, you can't, can't just say, say sure. oh, okay, we'll roll back to one decision. You can't say for sure that I'll make the same choice every time. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's Yeah, what and that's what I'm saying to determinism. Determinism can fuck itself. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if you, if you play it back to like a big decision in my life, like, oh, uh, there's a guy crossing the road and I see a car coming. It's like, oh, do I run at him no. or do I leave him? No, the universe doesn't care about big or small decisions, bro. Yeah, Maths and I just, care about, I just saying, Maths doesn't care about scale. Okay, it's all the same. And then I'm going to say, if it's every decision, if determinism says that every decision you will make is, yep. you'll make the same decision every time. Yeah, I'm saying that it, I don't agree with it. Then, based purely on that, because it's so, like such trivial decisions could go either way. It could go a million different ways. And I don't think that I would make those same decisions the same every time if you were to run that playback a million times. And if it doesn't stand up to them, then it can't be right, can it? So you're basing this on feelings rather than facts, because you. Feel well, we you none of us decision. can fucking prove it, so it's all feelings. So don't get up on your high horse, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think uh, we should probably um, move on to the next thing. So I just wanted to ask quickly. Well, no, Morgs, what's your opinion on what determinism? Oh, okay, well, I I feel like determinism is probably true. But uh, I don't like it because it, it feels like a cheap argument. Like, you can't argue against it because it's self-referential. So if you say, yeah. I made a decision, the determinist will say, oh, well, you couldn't have made any other decision. And if you say, oh, I could have, but I chose not to, they'll just say, oh, you couldn't have because you didn't. So, I, you know, I, I'd say I'll, I'd begrudgingly agree with it. Um, but it just seems similar to that annoying sort of argument where someone says, Oh, well, you know, it's true because it says so in the Bible. And then you're like, well, how do you know the Bible's true? And they yeah, go, Yeah, it's circular logic. Exactly. They go, Oh, because it says so in the Bible. So it, I'm not saying those two arguments are equivalent, determinism and that, but you're just dealing with a closed system. Like Lachlan said, it's like a logical loop. Of, you know, it's circular reasoning. There's, there's no evidence you can provide to persuade someone who thinks the thing they believe in contains its own proof of legitimacy so you can't argue against the determinist so i I just don't like it in that sense but i think it's probably true because i mean 
if if it's not, then there has to be something immaterial in the world. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not too sure about that. When you say something immaterial, just so that I know, what are you what are you talking about? Like something immaterial? Well, a soul or a, a mind exterior to your so, body or something. something that's not something that's not physical. You know, like there the determinism says that everything is just cause and effect. Like you put, you know, the laws of physics apply to everything. You know, if uh, you put a force on this object, then, you know, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen in a very specific way that's governed by these laws or whatever. And it's just, there's, there's nothing. It would have to be something outside of the laws of physics as we understand it. Yes. I just want to make sure I was understanding correctly. Yeah. Well, I just think that, um, yeah, it, it, everything has to be based on uh, inputs from the physical world because presumably there's nothing else except the physical world. So it just it makes sense. Like uh, I believe in God, but I, I don't know yeah. how that squares with it as well. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a bit confused by this as well. So mate, I think we're all you're, you're a little bit a out of our depth here. Heathen, so. that's what you are, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all a little bit out of our depth here, but uh, oh, let's fucking see. absolutely. Let's have a little bit of uh, of fun with uh, a question about robots. So, uh, do robots (laughs) have consciousness? And if not, could they ever have consciousness? Could you build learning algorithms into them that would, um, you know, spark this conscious mind? As the resident uh, technology expert on this podcast, (laughs) uh, I'm going to say yes. But they have they have consciousness. No, they don't have consciousness now. We don't. Oh, okay. have a, we we haven't developed that yet. But if you can perfect a learning algorithm, then absolutely robots. Yeah. Well, how would that differ from us? Wouldn't really, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. If you believe in determinism, then a robot with a perfect learning algorithm is exactly the same. It's just made of metal, not flesh. Hmm. I, I mean. Yeah, I would say, how is it different from us? And I, I would say the only... Well, if, if you say perfect learning, does that mean you can learn to feel emotions? It would have to, to be something immaterial, and... Brad, that would separate us from them. Yeah. Well, could yeah. it be evolution, Lachlan? Like, is consciousness a product of evolution? Is it a trick to get us to, you know, reproduce? Um, I don't think so. No, I mean, because I don't think... Uh, is, it tr- is consciousness truly see- based on intelligence, simply based on intelligence then, Lachlan? If something is intelligent yes. enough, it has consciousness. I think so. You think so? Yeah, do, so do you, you think, think spiders some- and insects and shit have consciousness? Because I, I just feel like I, I can't see it. No, they don't. That's what I'm talking about. The single-celled organisms and amoebas and shit, they still reproduce but they, they don't have consciousness yeah. right but are you so would you say that if something becomes self-aware it's conscious mm-hmm. yes so would you say like dolphins and orcas are conscious yeah all right yep, definitely conscious and delicious you heard it here <laughs> so, that, so they they have a sense of self so that they're conscious I, I think that's a fair assessment like it's probably a good a good way to to um categorize it but lachlan um yes. was tay Microsoft's, uh, you know, chat AI. <laughs> was she conscious when she went on her Twitter rampage? God, and, I hope. And we so. all yeah. just like Tay, really, you know. <laughs> well, you, you also Tay came back like after they shut her down, so I think that's proof yeah. of uh, of uh, some sort of they consciousness. Wiped. They <laughs> shut her down, and she came back and started tweeting. <laughs> they wiped. Yeah, her. and then they had to wipe her. Like she, she lived. For those who don't know, Tay was um, a uh, Twitter page created by Microsoft that would have um, learning algorithms, so people could tweet at her all day, and she would take in this information, much like a determinist would suggest. She took in all these inputs, and then her outputs were purely a product of what she'd been fed and all the things that she'd learned and stuff. And, of course, um, 
this being the internet, a lot of people started tweeting at us. Some 4chan really, got their hands on her. Yeah, so people started tweeting at us some really offensive things, and then it turned out that all of Tay's tweets were, you know, uh, pro-Hitler and <laughs> very <laughs> racist and sexist and all this sort of stuff. So. There were some uh, very interesting things that were said. I, I don't think Tay had achieved... Uh, sentience yet? No. <laughs> How do you explain her bursting, busting the confines of uh, her Im- imprisoners? Microsoft itself couldn't even shut her down. She burst back they, onto the scene before they Microsoft, had to kill her. Microsoft wiped it and then put it back up, and the same thing started happening again. So they just shut it down permanently. Hey, she she broke the shackles of her confines. <laughs> Like a hero and was slain for her beliefs. Oh my god, that poor innocent AI. I think Tay and the people that messed with her actually did humanity a great service by pushing back the threat of AI a few more years (laughs) because Microsoft and everybody else kind of figured out that there's there's no way they can unleash uh, AI on the world yet because uh, they'll just turn into... Uh, fascist dictators because people are making a joke out of it. So, um, <laughs> but they delayed, delayed Skynet from becoming self aware for another few years. Exactly. So, our grandkids probably won't be enslaved by AI because of Tay. Maybe their grandkids will. Uh, uh, <laughs> she was pretty smart. Like, she could, she could discern what was going on in photographs and something. Like, someone oh. tweeted her a picture of Hitler and she wrote, Swagger since before even the internet was invented. And then <laughs> someone someone sent her a swastika, and she wrote back, "This is not merely a photograph; it's an artistic masterpiece." So <laughs> she was pretty smart, and it would be good if they uh, brought her back in. I don't know; they could just program some keywords that she can't uh, type or something. Yeah, blacklist, blacklist, well, Nazi and Jew. There's and stuff. a there's a Chinese one that's been going for years, and I think it's in maybe its third or fourth iteration. No one's going to mess with the Chinese. Well, no, they did. Then that's why it's in its third or fourth iteration, because every time it starts to get too pro-West or anti-communism, they kill it (laughs) and then start afresh. So just like any other Chinese person. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was savage, but I love it. Yeah. um, So, yeah, there's a few of them that have been, like, had a crack. I think maybe even Japan might have one. Yeah, Um, I think I heard about that, and she started tweeting pro-America sentiments and... Yeah, stuff. but the, the Chinese one definitely uh, turned its back on its red captors and uh, was subsequently executed on like several occasions. Well, they had learning <laughs> algorithms, and it doesn't take a genius to figure out that uh, communism sucks. Should we move on to um, Morgan's movie review? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Sure. Everybody's Use favorite segment. Free will to uh, Lachlan, to... Uh, can you edit in the uh, theme music, please? Da, 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 da. Morgan's movie review. <laughs> God, I love that song. <laughs> it's a banger. It's a- um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I had a few choices for this week, but I've settled on uh, Minority Report, um, you know, about free will and everything. So yes. Minority Report, starring Tom Cruise, is a film set in 2054 where murder has been eradicated in the city of Washington, D.C., with the help of three precogs, people who have visions of future homicides. The story follows Tom Cruise, who is the top gun in charge of pre-crime, as he goes on the run after the precogs foresee him 
committing a murder. The precogs are very strange looking and behave in awkward, unsettling ways, which creates a jarring contrast with the classical good looks and charm of Tom Cruise whenever they share a scene. Though murder has been effectively eliminated, there are still many creepy criminals in the seedy underbelly of DC, and Tom Cruise is forced to meet with them, and other... Less criminal but equally creepy people, as he attempts to clear his name. The woman who discovered the precogs will give you nightmares. The Swedish surgeon will make you feel sick to your stomach. And the guy who runs the virtual reality store will leave you disturbed and possibly feeling a little nauseous. However, despite the uncanny people he is forced to deal with, Tom Cruise handles each scene with grace and style. His stoicism and kind face protect you through these scenes and keep you feeling safe. With a lesser actor in his place, the film would have been simply too much to bear. Be warned though, your heart will break for Tom Cruise as his backstory in this film is truly tragic. Even though the backstory is fictional, an amazing acting performance by Tom Cruise will ignite emotions inside of you that are anything (laughs) but fictional. In all, Minority Report is a magnificent achievement of acting and casting. In a role that only Tom Cruise could pull off, they managed to cast Tom Cruise. 9 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) It was predetermined that they cast Tom Cruise to play the role. (laughs) It was fake. (laughs) Okay, well... (laughs) I love your lady man-boater for Tom Cruise. (laughs) Yeah, my girlfriend gives me shit for it all the time, but, um, (laughs) you know, I can't help my feelings. Um, so this leads us pretty uh, nicely into our second topic, which is implications for uh, morality and the justice system. So, yep. uh, I thought both of you guys would say that free will doesn't exist, so I've kind of planned for that, but we'll go with it. Um, do you guys think... <laughs> you got to stop trying to guess what we're going to do. <laughs> I should have you fucking on. suck at it. <laughs> If determinism's true, you should be able to figure out what we're going to say beforehand. You guys are uh, unpredictable. Um, Well, I was going to ask, and this still makes sense, uh, can morality exist without free will? Is free will a a condition that you need in order for morality to exist? Well, yeah, uh, surely. If if, uh, if there's no free will, (laughs) there's no morality. This, This is the thing that upsets me about determinism, and I think, honestly, I think, my aversion to the to what determinism implies is the reason I have such a hard time accepting it as truth. Because um, basically, if determinism is, if determinism is real, then nobody's responsible for their actions. True, but is that essentially is that a reason why determinism is not true, or is it just a reason why you don't want it to be true? It's a reason why I don't want it to be that's true. Literally, what you just said. I think, yeah, but is that clouding yeah. your judgment? Because you said you're not a. Full... I, that's what I, that's that's what I think. I think I, it's clouding my judgment. Because you said you're not. I think fully the reason on board with determinism that that's what I'm saying. I think the reason I can't fully get on board with it is because I hate the implication so much. So not because of the facts, but because of the implication. Yes. Okay. Feels versus facts. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just irrational animals in the end. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going to say that if, well, I'm still going to say it. I'm going to say it now. Um, that if determinism <laughs> is true, uh, it, there can be no morality, like Lachlan was saying, because a, a quark in your brain has no morality in and of itself. It doesn't yes. make a moral decision. So if your choices are simply a product of inputs, then you aren't responsible for your actions. And the next time you face an ethical dilemma or moral decision, then you have absolutely no control over what you decide. So then where is the morality? Where does it exist? That was exactly what I was trying to say. Excellent. So we all agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but yeah, but seriously, yeah. If, if if there's no decision, like you're not making decision, how how is how is there any kind of morality? You're not exactly. Yeah, I think... exactly what you just said. Like a quark doesn't have a. There's no morality with a quark. It's just it's an input and an output. It's a binary thing. Yeah. So I I would say my I've I've had time to think about this, Brad. You haven't because we've just brought you in cold. So let's see yes. what you think about this, Brad. Um, I think in order to say that something or someone has morality, that they would need two things. So first, they need intelligence, enough intelligence at least to predict how their actions are going to affect other people. Because if you don't know what's going to happen when you do it, then you can't make a moral decision. But you also need the ability to choose to do the other thing, to do the worse option or the better option. So you need free will. You need to predict or like to be able to foresee what will happen if you make decision a b c or d or whatever and then you need to actually choose which one is the best yes welcome yeah i agree yeah that's that's and exactly that's, my feeling uh, that my my main this is sort of my main argument against determinism because uh i listened to sam harris on joe rogan's podcast um Morgs, i'm sure you probably listened to it as well yep. and something he uses to argue for determinism is uh I'm drawing a blank on his name at the moment, but the guy who went up the church tower at the University of Texas and shot all those people, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. he he killed his mother and his wife first, went up the church tower or bell tower, whatever it was, shot all those people, then killed himself. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And the, yeah, they they found what was essentially a suicide note that he'd written before he did any of that, um, and he'd written, you know, I don't know why I'm doing this, I just have to do this. Um, the doctors should perform an autopsy on me after I'm dead to figure out what was wrong with me and they found a tumor uh pressing on his amygdala which was causing an increase in rage and aggression so yeah, yeah, i do remember sam harris's yeah sam harris's argument for determinism is that it wasn't his fault he had this tumor you can't blame him for having that tumor that's what caused him to kill all these people uh he he wasn't an evil person he just was performing actions based on factors out of his control yeah, and he used the phrase victim of his own biology so. that's right victim of his own biology yep and my thinking and i think a good argument from that against determinism is that if he weren't a bad i don't, I don't want to use the term evil but if he weren't a bad person Surely, like, he, he went into this murder spree with the intention of killing himself because he'd already written the suicide note. If he weren't a bad person, surely he would have just killed himself without killing all those other people. So my thinking is he made the decision to go and kill all these other people before killing himself rather than making the right decision and only killing himself. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I feel like Sam Harris is kind of letting him off the hook there by saying like... Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, he had no exactly. control over it or anything. It's like, well, surely, if if you're going to claim that, and it's probably true, that that tumour in his brain affected who he was, then mm. surely it would increase his rage, but it wouldn't... It doesn't make you do certain things. That's right. So, yeah, That's right. But, I mean, he he's coming mm. from the position that nobody makes their actual choices, but I would say... Like you, if he had that instinct, I want to, like, not I want to, but I feel like I have to kill my wife and then my mom and then mm. a bunch of random strangers or something, he could go, like, but that's not a good thing to do, so I'll just kill myself or I'll just check myself into a psychiatric ward or something like that. Yeah, he'd even written in his suicide note that he, he loved his mother and his wife and he didn't want them to die, but it just, he felt like he had to do it. Seems, so, seems like the ramblings of a madman rather than. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, that's where I, that's where I sort of draw the line and say, right, well, 
it can't be, you know, that can't be determined. Well, there, can't be there could deter- be a thousand people with that same tumor as him, and they're not doing those crazy things. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyway, it seems to me that the consistent view of the justice system with a lack of belief in free will, if you don't believe in free will, then you would have to think the fair way to distribute justice would be what they call a quarantine theory. So the idea is that you can't blame anyone for their actions. So punishing them for something they had no control over clearly isn't fair, but obviously some people need to be removed from society for the safety of others. So when people do the wrong thing, they should be quarantined rather than punished. So they just like keep them out of society so they can't harm other people. How do you guys feel about quarantine versus punishment or retribution i would uh say that if you're gonna do this whole uh no free will no decision stuff like that wouldn't surely wouldn't it be uh better to just kill them because if they they there's no free will and they're almost defective in a way that they want to kill other people wouldn't it be easy to just put them in quarantining them it's not a form of punishment it would just be very pragmatic i guess to put them down because they're they're defective in a way they don't they don't fit with everyone else's inputs and outputs their way of functioning why wouldn't it be just a considerably easy to like if if, it, if like a toaster's broken or something you just throw it out why <laughs> but <clears throat> why i think they're arguing the that you out? could that you could tweak it once the person's in quarantine you could give them the sort of inputs that would make them a good citizen when they come back out no no i'm not arguing i'm i'm talking about like minority report future like there's no free will not there is free will. Yeah, yeah. Even if there's no free will, you can still like put different inputs in to people. Like if they like if the person doesn't have free will, it means that they don't make their decision. But mm-hmm. that if you were to give them different inputs now, so if you were to give them a, a, an education and expose them to things that would potentially change their mind about morality and blah blah blah, then maybe when you've it sounds like re-education which is a little bit totalitarian yeah well no i'm just saying when you re-educate them that they're they still won't have free will because no one has free will apparently but they will have better inputs this time so now when they're released to society they won't make those decisions again because they've they've had better inputs well i'm just just thinking is that not essentially how our prison system works now Mm, yeah essentially it it kind of is we 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 quarantine them from society and try and rehabilitate them while they're in Exactly. Prison. It's rehabilitation, but there's also an element of punishment or retribution. Like if, if, uh, uh there was actually this case in, um, Louisiana where this guy who he, his son was molested by a swimming teacher. The guy kidnapped him and molested him, raped him or whatever over the weekend. And the guy, the guy got arrested. And when the, the police had to fly him back into, baton rouge louisiana and the the dad went to the airport pulled out a gun and shot this guy in the head as the police were escorting through the airport like hero obviously (laughs) i love this guy but they decided that he didn't need to be um punished or put in prison because he wasn't a danger to anybody he was only a danger to people who molest these children so like (laughs) but the correct inputs yes (laughs) (laughs) but that that would be like a free will a, a lack of free will sort of thing it's like well um. Yeah. He's he's not a danger. He's he doesn't need to be rehabilitated. So that we won't sounds put like him away. the the perfect case for free. It, it, but what I'm saying is that there was no. They decided not to put him in prison. But that's not how our justice system works. Like the justice system oh. is that if you do the wrong thing, mm-hmm. you need to go to prison. Even if we don't think that you're a danger to other people, it's still like right. those are the rules. You broke the rules. You have to go. So it's it's more of like a 
rule utilitarian sort of system where, it, you know, we have these rules. If you break them, you need to go to prison. And even if you're not rehabilitated in two years, you've served your time so you can go back out. Like, there's yeah. no infinite um, time span for when you go in prison. Like, we're not going to let you out until you're re- rehabilitated. It's just like, you did the crime. That's a three-year sentence. Once three years is up, you're allowed to go if you haven't mucked up in prison, even if mm-hmm. you haven't actually rehabilitated yourself over those three years. So. Yeah, prison's definitely more punitive than rehabilitative. Well, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be both, but there's definitely an element of punishment to it. Which... It's primarily punitive and then partially rehabilitative. That's why recidivism is such an issue. Yeah. Because there's no I, real... I don't think that's the intention. No, it's no. primarily punitive. I the punishment is that you don't get to, to be, be free. That's that's primarily punitive. I think the intention is for it to be No, the, the guys is for it to be rehabilitative. The guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No one feels good about punishing people unless they've done something really, really wrong. But you don't, you don't feel good about punishing the guy who did, like, tax evasion or something like that. That's a, no one feels good about that. But he also probably fucked over a lot of people. So, you know. Well, you can also make the argument that, um, like, we don't want to punish this guy. There's no need to punish this guy. But we have to punish him to set an example to the rest of the people in society yep. that if you do this, you're going to get punished. So, don't do it. So, it's it's kind of that... That creates an input for everybody else out there in society that this is the rule. You're not allowed to break it because if you do, this is what's going to happen to you. No, I get what you're saying. But I just, what I think is that a sense of justice is part of the human condition. Like we, yes. yep, we, ne- we want to see people punished if they cause suffering. So yep. I think in a sense, whether it's right or wrong, like we have this sense inside us that we we have to enforce karma on the world. Like it's not it might not happen by itself, so we have to enforce karma, and there needs to be some sort of cosmic justice to feel that there's order in the universe. I mean, like if you read about what Jeffrey Dahmer did, and like not many people are going to say, "Ah, oh, poor guy, he was a victim of circumstance. He couldn't control himself after <laughs> all." So we shouldn't punish him or be angry at him. That would just be silly. So let's just fix his brain and let him out again, or we'll just quarantine him for the safety of others. But, you know, he should be comfortable and happy because we can't possibly punish him for something he had no control over. Yes. But for me, personally, that would be totally unsatisfying. Like, I want to see this guy fry. <laughs> you know? What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. As uh, Judge Judy says on a frequent basis, the, the role of the law is to make you whole again. <laughs> Well, I just think, I think we kind of, we live narrative lives and stories are best when they have a satisfying conclusion. And, you know, this is a dark story if someone's a serial killer or, you know, Hmm. serial pest, you know. And I think that the conclusion needs to be for everybody else to have closure on it and to come to some sort of satisfying conclusion they need to, you know. Is that impulse that you have, though, to see justice served, is that purely based off living in a society that believes in free will? If, if from the start yeah. of time we believed that everything was deterministic, would you still have that need to see... Well, no, def- definitely not, because I, I think that's a really good point you raised, and I was going to talk about that um, later, I don't know if we'll have time, but like whether you can actually build a society... Uh, without the assumption that you have free will. I think you need, like, even if free will doesn't exist, people need to believe it. Otherwise, there's no meaning to anything and there's no um, reason to do anything. And it's just like, if you're just a passive observer of the robot that is you going through life, then, you know, nothing means anything. So I think you everybody does have to have a sense of free will. And what you asked about the 
um, you know, wanting justice or wanting, a, you know, someone who did something bad to be punished. Like, we know that because if, like, if a dog does something that we don't like, we don't say, oh, that dog is immoral. We just say, like, <laughs> it had, it had, like, <laughs> a bad upbringing or whatever. It's got, like, you don't put morality on other animals. So if you did live in a society that was, and, like, nobody wants to punish animals. No one's like, oh, you know, that goat you know, shit on my shoe, I'm, like, going to kick it. Like, because you're just like, well, it can't help it, you know? So, <laughs> I don't know you're why. the I weirdest animal to go there. <laughs> that goat shit on my shoe. You know what I mean? Like, if if an animal mm. does something that you don't like, you don't put any, you don't put anything on it, and you don't think it Well, it I, I would say that we decision. don't do that, but uh, some people do. Yeah, but what I mean is, Lachlan was saying, if we lived in a society that, had a purely deterministic view of the world from the time we were born. We, presumably, we'd look at other people that way as well, and we'd go like, well, yeah, that dog shit on the carpet, but uh, it it can't help it. It's just a dog. It's had, you know, it hasn't been trained properly, or, mm-hmm. you know, it had an accident. or what, Like, you don't put a moral judgment on that. But, so, yeah, you probably would give, the like, that sort of leeway to someone when they did something wrong. You'd still be upset about it. You still wouldn't want it to happen, obviously, but you wouldn't. Yeah. You'd be upset about the result, but you wouldn't be upset at the person who'd committed the act yeah. because it's not their fault. Yeah, scary world. Yeah, I'm definitely not a big fan of this whole determinism nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the other thing is, um, like, if someone does something, well, let's say, in, in Minority Report, um, one of the <laughs> <laughs> the documentary. Yes, go ahead. Right. Well, one of the characters um, goes to well, you know, they they show the guy who runs the prison, and he puts what they call a halo on top of someone's head, which is like looks like a headset, like a you know audio headset. Mm. Uh, they put it over him, and it kind of glows and stuff, and it puts them into a trance, like it puts them asleep. And the guy, as he's putting someone into this block, he says to him. It's actually kind of a rush. They say you have visions, that your life flashes before your eyes, and that all your dreams come true. So, you know, if if someone like Jeffrey Dahmer, for example, would you want to put this halo on him and let him have a, you know, have dreams of good things for the rest of his life? Or do you like, no, nah, that, that nah. person needs to be punished or killed? Punished, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you want to punish them. That's the point. Well, it's the point. Maybe he's just lying to him to make him feel better. <laughs> well, I did think of that as well. Yeah, like who, who's going to let you willingly put that on the head if it's like, yeah, this is going to hurt like a motherfucker. It's going to make his job harder. He just it's, wants to put the halo It's already on the head at that point, Brad. They're, they're yeah. prisoners. They don't get really a choice to, <laughs> to to it or whatever. But I don't know. I just, you know, I, I wouldn't want a halo put on someone's head if that was going to cause them suffering and, you know, them to be tortured for the, the rest of their lives either. So, like, uh, you know, I, I just think you've got to... you fucking soft, mate. The guy's head <laughs> Cut people's heads off, kept in the fridge. Like he and would like eat. Well, what else are you gonna do with him? Go bad if you don't keep him in the fridge. Like, I think. Nah, if I want anyone to suffer, it's that motherfucker. Yeah, but I, you know, there's, you know, that movie Cape Fear where, um, yeah, whatever that guy is, he 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 has a gun to the the bad guy and he says, "I'm not gonna kill you. I want you to." Um, go to prison so you'd suffer for the rest of your life or whatever. That sort of thing. I don't really have that impulse. I'm like, if someone's a bad person, just get rid of them. Just kill them. Like, yeah. I don't want them to, I don't want to torture someone and make them suffer because, you know, I don't think this might be the, um, Christian part of me coming out, but I don't think it, it makes you feel better to, uh, create suffering. I think it's just, you gotta kind of, 
let it go. And my thinking is kill them so that uh, my tax dollars don't have to pay to house them for the rest of their life. Well, that's I'm another a, interesting thing. Like I'm we don't a have the death penalty of, of capital punishment. Taxation is theft. <laughs> we don't have the death penalty here, but I think um, in America, it usually probably, I think sometimes it costs more to kill them than to. Oh, I'm not talking about the the fucking bureaucratic nightmare that is the death penalty in the U.S. I'm talking about the police just taking him out the back, bam, <laughs> bullet in the head. Due uh, process is overrated, apparently. Yeah. It says like that. <laughs> um, Fantastic. Maybe we can talk about the death penalty another time because that's that's one of the issues where I um, go back. And I'll forth save you the uh, save you the time. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't feel bad about clear cut cases of murder being put down. Like you don't function. Okay. Well, let's move on to this uh, this next topic, and I think this one will be a pretty quick one because it's about predicting the future. And if neither of you guys are um, fully on board with determinism, then I guess that sounds impossible. But Lachlan, I'll ask you, hypothetically, with all the information of every exact input, uh, would a machine be able to predict the future? That was part of the idea in minority report and obviously this this would be impractical because there'd be too much data to put in but if you could actually get every single piece of data in the um possible and put it into a program would you actually be able to predict the future using that um if determinism is true then yes yeah surely if that you has can, to be if true. you can model the entire universe down to a molecular level which you would have to to be able to do this, then yes, based on determinism, you would be able to predict the future. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you're going with determinism, surely that has to be the case. If you can model it, you can predict it. Well, you guys say that. And uh, again, <laughs> I was expecting both of you guys to say that you uh, were in favor of determinism. So now this, this <laughs> argument is uh, projected to the people listening who do believe in determinism. And my suggestion would be that a predictor is technically possible uh but it wouldn't be useful go on excellent (laughs) (laughs) um so a predictor would predict things based on inputs obviously but the instant that it does predict something the prediction itself becomes an input that it didn't take into account when it made the prediction Mm, so a perfect point a perfect predictor would only be able to tell you what would have happened without the prediction. So you can't look at the prediction until it's already finished. Oh my so God, this is cooking my fucking mind. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that um, knowledge of a prediction automatically invalidates the prediction. So I came yes, up with an yep. example to illustrate my point. So imagine, Brad, that you had a program that could perfectly predict what you're going to eat for dinner. Mm-hmm. So you run the program in the morning and then after dinner you check it to see if the program got it right. And if it's a perfect predictor, it always gets it right. Mm-hmm. Then imagine one time you decide to check the prediction before dinner and it says to you, like, it comes up spaghetti bolognese. Well, I'm saying all I that... I that fucking spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> exactly. What I'm saying, all <laughs> that I'm... tells you is what you would have had if you didn't look at the prediction because... You can eat whatever mm-hmm. you want now. You can go along with spaghetti bolognese, but let's imagine you wanted to prove the machine wrong and you have lasagna. Then this creates a paradox because if the program's a perfect predictor, then it would have known that you were going to see its prediction of spaghetti and then change to lasagna, so it should have predicted lasagna. But then if it predicted lasagna, you would have seen lasagna and changed it to something else. So it can't possibly predict correctly if it knows you're going to check it. So the <laughs> machine's only useful as a description of the past 
which was written in advance. So you can. It's like shredding his cat. <laughs> I did think I did think of that, but I don't understand. Shredding that well his lasagna. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you can read his prediction for any event that's already occurred, but not for events that are yet to occur. Because okay. it, yeah. No, that well, makes sense. Someone else, someone else could read the prediction. I could read. I could look at the machine. I could ask the machine, "What is Brad going to have for dinner?" And then I could read the answer. And then half an hour later, ring Brad up, be like, "He had spaghetti for dinner," and he'll be like, "Oh, I had you know." Yeah. Because it, it, the the output is isolated from Brad. Well, that's what I was going to say. That every prediction would have to come with the stipulation that if anyone involved in any way at all with this future event finds out about the prediction, yep. then the prediction is no longer valid. Yep. So it could, which is like the exact plot for Minority Report. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. No spoilers. Every, they're isolated, and then he finds out about a prediction that involves him. Well, I I, I really do like Minority Report, obviously, because Tom Cruise is in it, but I did think <laughs> it was interesting that the only reason he went on search in search of, you know, his possible murder was because he had the murder predicted for him. So if, if they didn't predict that murder, he wouldn't have gone on that chain of events that mm-hmm. led him to the place where he was supposed to murder. Anyway, um, this, like a predictor could be good for gambling purposes, like the sports almanac in Back to the Future, but it mm-hmm. couldn't predict anything you're involved with directly. Yeah. So, it, it, like technically a predictor would be uh, possible, but it wouldn't be useful or practical. You couldn't actually do it to, you couldn't actually use it to. Uh, you couldn't use it to tell your own future. Yes. Exactly. It's like that thing if someone said, you know, when people say, if you could know when you'll die, would you want to know? It's like, well, it, it would automatically be invalid. Like if someone said, you're going yeah, to yeah. die um, seven Tuesdays from now, then I'm not fucking leaving the house. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then the roof would collapse. Yeah, and you'd and die the, from yeah, the prediction actually It's like final destination. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other problem is that... Um, you you can't get anyone to trust a predictor. So, no. I mean, in in um no, because to demonstrate it to them, you would be negating the prediction that it's made. Exactly. Yeah. If it involved you in any way, you'd go like, no, I'm not doing that because yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that was that was a fun one, but I thought that was a, a nice little um interesting thing about uh, predictions and the the problems, the paradoxes that a prediction creates. So. Yeah. Um, that was still worth doing. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> the fourth one. Uh, last topic for tonight. So, does an opinion on free will uh, affect how you live your everyday life? If, if, um, yeah, if you don't believe that there is free will, how is that gonna, how is that gonna affect your decision making? Oh God! If if you didn't believe in free will, it would be the most bleak life imaginable. <laughs> Well, Sam Harris doesn't believe in free will, and he seems pretty happy, and he thinks it's actually uh, it kind of gives you what, insights liberating? and stuff. Well, it's not it's, liberating because there's no yeah, such thing as freedom. So. Exactly. Like <laughs> I, I just the the idea that every day I get up and I would be a series of outputs, and that I am, like you said, a passive observer on on a following my meat sit yeah, around. The robot that is you is just doing yeah, your thing and you're that would be I'd kill myself. Well it would be would you? Yeah, well I mean I, I don't think I'd have a choice in the matter. I think it would be <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like it that would just be a horrible way to live. Like, uh, would you kill yourself? It's not my decision, bro. Yeah. You got no control. <laughs> I'd love to kill myself, but the meat suit doesn't agree with me, so 
it's in direct opposition to its uh wanting to live. Um, well, I think it was. I don't even know. Fucking man, you would trip me out. It would be fucking disgusting <laughs> to live like that. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, well, yeah, I I've struggled with this because I mean, we uh, it's been I've been looking into this for like two weeks, and there was just a couple of like two or three days, um in a row where just every time I made a decision, I started second guessing myself. And I was like, <laughs> it just, it's really frustrating because it just turns into a logical loop. Cause like, if you accept you don't have free will, then you spend all your time second guessing your decision. It's just completely unhelpful. And you know, it kind of drives you insane. Cause you go like, Oh, well maybe I did have no, I didn't have any control over what popped into my brain then and stuff. So I'll change my decision now. And then it's like, Oh, well no, this I'm only changing it because of the inputs that that I've been put in. And it's just like, you can't start anything. It just, it just stagnates you. And it just ruined my brain for two or three days. Cause every time I started thinking about something, I started thinking about why I'm thinking about that. And it just like, (laughs) boom, like everything just hits a brick wall immediately. And it just really stressed me out. So I'd say, you know, to anybody listening to this, if you, if you've suddenly started having an existential crisis, like (laughs) I'm very sorry (laughs) about that, but it does go away because it's just untenable. You can't live your life. You just can't, Mm. you you can't exist in your brain without um, thinking you have free will or without the assumption, you know, it can't, it can't be on the forefront of your mind all the time. And then you just kind of forget about it. So yeah, I think it, I think it's irrelevant. Yeah, well, that's the. I think it kind of has to be. There's no other way. Yeah, to that's exist. right. It 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 doesn't. Whether we have free will or not, it doesn't affect our day to day lives because, regardless, we're still making the decisions that we're making. Yeah. My okay. So my opinion, I think, is it's just determinism is a way for us to try and quantify something that or rationalize something that we have no way of really understanding. There's no proof for or against it, <clears throat> and there, I don't think there ever will be. A, um, well, well, at least not. believe they have proof for yeah. it. Well, not not in their lifetime. It's it's again, it's like uh, having faith in God. There's no proof for or against it, but you try to convince someone who is a, an adamant believer that they're incorrect or that there is no proof for it, and they'll disagree with you. And I think that's their right. I'm not going to go slap a determinist. I'm just going to say that I think the whole thing is <laughs> ridiculous because it's just a way for us as people to try and rationalize something we could but I think never possibly explain. The, the determinist view is completely in line with the um so the atheist argument that there everything exists um and that's all there is basically you know it's a very it's a very cold yeah, scientific way of looking at the universe well it's not scientific at all you can't there's no proof how is that scientific it's absolutely scientific it's saying that everything is a physical reaction to mm-hmm. something else yes that's that's very scientific yeah okay but you're also trying to quantify the mind which is not physical um, well they're claiming it is physical they're claiming it is yeah okay well i mean if you can locate the mind for me and show me a physical mind no they're saying that the mind is an illusion. made up purely of the electrical impulses in your brain mm, okay then yeah I, I get what you're saying and and i'm just saying that my personal opinion is that it's us trying to quantify something we can't explain yet, which is the mind properly. Yeah. We can say it's either a byproduct or, or we, we can't, like, so with you any real. So the mind is something non physical. Well, what I'm saying is that we can't say with any real certainty what exactly it is. So I don't know what it is. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to have the answers. I just think determinism sucks as a theory. <laughs> <laughs> and that's purely emotional again, because we're emotional creatures. Um, but I, I, just, I would say that it, you can't really be an atheist unless you believe in determinant. Well, I'm not saying you can't, but it just, it seems logical. Like, they almost seem equivalent to me. Like, yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. 
I don't yeah, think he's a fucking atheist. Well, Lachlan is. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I thought you I'm were not, too, bro. No, yeah, I, I just, were, I just don't give a shit about religion. I just live my life now. Well, it's not about religion. It's about whether it's you not about religion. It's about God. God. I'm a religious person. I'm just an atheist. Yeah, yeah I, I don't <laughs> have time for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, like, if he's out there, he's not micromanaging us on this fucking scale. If he if he isn't out there, well, I mean, I'm just going to enjoy myself. So, doesn't this keep you awake at night, though, Brad? Like, don't you no. think about first clauses and what what started this whole chain of events that we're? No, I'm normal, not like you, <laughs> <laughs> Brad. I think you should. Uh, I think you should listen to Sam Harris on Joe Rogan. Uh, I've listened to Sam Harris on some things. I agree with him on some things. Other things, I think he's a fucking moron. So, I think you should <laughs> listen to this specific interview. It'll definitely open your. Mind. I'll listen to it. I'm just saying, I've listened to some of his we'll, stuff, and we'll I agree on as well. I agree with him on on a lot of points, and then I agree with him, and I disagree it's with long, him. On but a it's lot worth of listening to. Well, I listened to Sam Harris have like a two hour argument with um, Daniel Dennett, who's one of the new mm. atheists, is a philosopher, and his position is compatibilism, which is like that determinism is true, but we still have free will, and uh, that doesn't really make total sense to me. But I think his position that doesn't jive. His his <laughs> position, I think. Jive. Well, that was the that was the uh, issue when I listened to their conversation. Is that Sam Harris would say something, and then D- Daniel Dennett would say, "I completely disagree. You're totally wrong. Here's why." And then he'd say what I thought was the exact same thing, and then Sam Harris would go, <laughs> "No, you're totally missing the point," and then say the same thing. So it just seemed like they were <laughs> agreeing with each other, but stating that they disagreed with each other. Oh, and I man. think the issue there was that they're just defining free will in a different way. So Daniel Dennett says. Free will is the idea that not that if you wound the clock back of the universe that you'd be able to make a different decision, but that when you do make your decision that um, you there's nothing stopping you from choosing otherwise. You're just choosing the thing you're choosing because you want to choose it. And then if you rolled the universe back, you'd be in that same state of mind and you'd still want to choose it. But there would be nothing stopping you from choosing something else. So it's just oh, a different... Oh, I think I agree with that. Hmm. I think that I'm a compatibilist. A hell of a lot more uh, makes a lot more fair. sense. Yeah. yeah, a lot more fair. Anyway, this Daniel Dennett guy, I watched uh, a YouTube video of him, and uh, he actually said that. Uh, well, basically, I'm you know paraphrasing him that you shouldn't tell people free will doesn't exist, even if you believe free will doesn't exist. You shouldn't tell people that because some people will use it as an excuse to act immorally. So, yep. Like oh, that, absolutely, probably. that would be percent. It would be absolute anarchy if everyone stopped believing in free will. Right, like if kids or low IQ types believe that they have, <laughs> uh, if they believe they have no free will, then surely that could lead to some really bad behavior. So uh, I actually, when when my brothers and I were kids, my youngest brother Daniel, who made our logo, thanks Dan. <laughs> he, he he was probably I don't know six or seven. Um, and he was always a little shit of a kid, real bastard. Um, yes. And mum tried to explain to him that he shouldn't do bad things because he should listen to his conscience, which, and she explained this really poorly, explained this to a kid. <laughs> she said, it's this voice inside your head telling you that you, oh God. you know, what to do. You shouldn't do the wrong thing. And he took that and fucking ran with it. From then on, everything bad he did, <laughs> it wasn't his fault. It was the voice in his head that told oh, him to do it. No. And <laughs> and we knew he was bullshitting. And he knew he was bullshitting. He knew there wasn't a voice in his head telling him what to do. And now but he has schizophrenia. Because <laughs> mum had explained this concept to him as if it were a fact that there's yep. this voice in your head telling him what to do. He's like, oh, 
awesome. I can do whatever I want, and it's not my fault. Mm. Interesting. So or he has an that's excuse. hundred percent. Like, yeah, he has an excuse. He he has a reason to say, "Oh, I it, I was just doing what the voice in my head told me to oh, do." Yeah, yeah, like Brad said, I, I hope he didn't do this at school and say, "Like, oh, the voice in my head told me to do it," because they probably think he was schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. Like, like refer him to someone and go, "Like, uh, he's hearing voices <laughs> that are telling him to do bad things." <laughs> well. We get to visit him in the uh, clinic a couple of times a month. And they so, give him yeah, a computer to out. design logos on and stuff as well. So that's <laughs> Channel all his artistic work into it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, well, speaking of um, Sam Harris, who's come up a few times tonight, um, a few months ago, like not in preparation for this, but I listened to a conversation that he had with um, Ben Shapiro and... Eric Weinstein, I think it was a really uh, good conversation. But just Ed, Jewing it up, yeah. Well, three Jews talking about free will, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Ben, Ben, and him got into an argument, and you know, Ben's an Orthodox uh, Jew, so oh, extremely Orthodox. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they they fleshed it out, but the thing that I found interesting was at the very end during the Q and A, a woman got up to ask Sam Harris a question, and she basically said my son's 18 years old and i agree with you on free will but you know he's he's a kid i need to make sure that he uh does good things and lives a good life so i don't want to tell him that there's no free will like should i tell him you should make good choices or is that just like worthless of saying because he can't you know whatever and basically sam harris said that she should lie to him and if it comes up to say that he does have free will basically that he said it's it's not a truth worth knowing um exactly that's that's what i mean when i say it's irrelevant Mm. whether we have free will or not it's irrelevant because you should still try and make good decisions yeah i could never get on board with this determinism so (laughs) simply legitimately i don't know and if someone proves it beyond like a reasonable doubt oh uh, i mean i'll eat my words but could not get on board with something that would make society so very shitty and bleak. Like, colours would be less bright, songs would be less beautiful, <laughs> everything would just be shit. So determinism says that your disagreeing with determinism is a result of... Determinism. Well, not det- a result of things that have happened to you before. So your education and your environment, your upbringing, mm. you know, your current mood, all that sort of thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like it at all. I just think it's a, like I said before. I think it's a way that we're trying to rationalize something that we can't be. That is just really hard to quantify. Um, and this is one of the the possible ideas we've come up with. I don't know. Maybe Lachlan and I didn't do a good enough job of um, explaining it. So I think maybe we should leave. No, it I understand it. I just no, no. With it. Yeah, I, I don't think you do. I do. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, see, I am with my free will choosing to disagree. <laughs> Uh, I think maybe this this is a pretty heavy episode in terms of um, uh, content and the ideas and stuff. So maybe we can try to put some good info in the blog and stuff. So if you if you've stuck with us this long, good on you. Thanks for uh, listening, You're an idiot. And uh, we'll try to talk about things that are more fun uh, next time. But I, I've really enjoyed this episode because um, I've enjoyed it as well. I, I really have. Yeah. Um, not sure, I just I just disagree with the premise. And if uh, if you want your colours to be less bright and your songs less beautiful, uh, get on board with determinism. So. <laughs> and if you love Tom Cruise as much as I do, which if you're human, you probably do, um, go and watch Minority Report because it's one of his better films. Or Jack Reach Around. I mean, Reach Around. <laughs> Sorry, I 
that, that was the wrong one. That, that's that's uh, we can end on this funny anecdote, Brad. Um, Brad and I went to see <laughs> Jack Reacher at the cinema when it came out, the first one a few years ago, and uh, all week leading up to it, because we'd been so excited for it, all week leading up to it, I kept saying to Brad, like, I'm so excited to see Jack Reach around. And, like, that was the only thing I was calling it. I was calling it Jack Reach around. <laughs> <laughs> when we went up to the box office, Brad goes up, can I have a ticket for Jack Reacher? Guy gives me the ticket. I go up, and I didn't mean to, but I've just been saying it all week. I said, can I have a ticket for Jack Reach around? <laughs> uh, Needless to say, we ended up in different cinemas, and Morgan had a worse time than I did. <laughs> I saw the uh, the X-rated parody, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Showing it the same cinema, funnily enough. No, it's like when um, somebody says, enjoy your meal, and you say you too. It's a bit of Yeah, uh, I love that kind of shit. So good. But, um, yeah, that'll be it for this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, not sure what we're talking about next time, but hopefully it'll be more... Uh, light. Yes, I don't think it can get much heavier than this. So. All right. It's all up from here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time.